right. We're back. We are back. Uh, it's the day after. <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, let's just get right to it. Yep. Uh, for those of you who are, are YouTubing this, I'm holding up the San Francisco Chronicle. Today's edition. Let's says, say forever champs spelled out F-O-U-R ever. Yep. Last night, uh, the Warriors beat the Boston Celtics game six of the uh, NBA finals. Yes, uh, sir. Thrilling game. Thrilling game. And um, it was uh, quite a season for the Warriors. Yeah, it's it's an exciting it's an exciting time to be a Warriors fan. We are Warriors fans in this household. My dad's rocking a clay jersey right now. It's ironic because you haven't even my, my dad hasn't even finished watching the actual game. It causes him so much stress and anxiety that he simply cannot bear to watch it live. So last night he was out on a walk, out watching the news, doing anything to avoid knowing what was going on. You came in at like third quarter. We're like, yo, we're good. We're good. You came in, you checked the score. It was like, what, 11? You're like, oh, no. Yeah, it's too close. Yeah, it was too close. So you watched the first half last night on repeat. And now I walked into the house today. Third quarter was just starting, you know, Celtics were chipping away. It was a little nervy right there. But yeah, you good. have you have the assurance of knowing what happened, which I was, is I was getting nervous even knowing the Warriors won. Can I can I um can I explain? Yeah. Okay. Go for it. And I don't I don't think this is all that uncommon, although it does sound a little freakish. Um it's not freakish. I, I'm not I'm not able to watch Warrior games. I mean, I'm able to, but I don't enjoy watching them. I get too nervous. I get too stressed out. I'm watching the game and I'm saying to myself, I, I, I this is not fun for me. I'm not enjoying it when I'm yeah. watching the game live. And so for what I've been doing for the last few years, actually ever since the Warriors got good is um, oh, wow. I don't watch the games. I record them. And <laughs> if the Warriors win, I'll watch. And if not, I won't watch. And, and, my wife, Barry, your mom, she's crazy about the Warriors too. She watches all the games, but she doesn't watch with me. She kind of gets a little upset with me that yeah. I leave her alone to it's, watch the games. But she basically, tough. I'll go out for a long walk. I've walked every every neighborhood in Oakland. I go for long five, six, seven mile walks during the course of the game. And then uh, Barry will text me at some point. It's safe to come home. The one oh or up 20 and it's two oh minutes left, but she'll let me know. But so the question is, why, why do I have this inability to watch the Warriors? And I think I trace it back to the fact that I was a season ticket holder for the Warriors for many years when you were little kids, even before you were born and when you were little kids. <clears throat> and if you remember, or you know, those were really bad years for the Warriors, right? Yeah, I mean, they were, not, not great times. No, they, ne- they the went dubs. 0 for 18 in terms of years not making the playoffs. Right. And so my frame of reference, when I think of the Warriors, I kind of think of those years uh, and the fact that they're just not any good. They always found a way to lose, sometimes big, sometimes small. But um, I kind of feel like, oh, boy, it's a Warriors. They always lose. So I'm still not used to the fact that they almost always win. So I still get nervous. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a new era for the Warriors. It's been a new era the last eight, 10 years. Yeah. Really since true. we got Steph Curry. Wow. What, what a guy that guy is. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, right now my generation talks about watching Michael Jordan and watching Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. We're witnessing something special. 
Yeah, I think we are witnessing one of those iconic, great once in a generation type players, right? Yeah. You'll be telling your kids, I got to see Steph Curry play uh, live. And wow, you got to see Steph Curry. Like I got to see Michael Jordan play. Wow, that was that's pretty cool. Yeah, I do think apologize to the non-warrior fans out here listening. You're going to get a little bit more of it, but it's it's an interesting we have some interesting takes and perspectives on this because I do think this championship is unique because, you know, all these guys, you know, yes, they were three time champs, but they were counted out at the beginning of this year. And I think whether or not you are at the level of the Warriors dynasty or myself playing in the USL championship, you're playing in college, you're playing any sport at any level of competition you don't like being counted out. Yeah. You you hear the naysayers. A lot of people say, "Oh, these are NBA players. They don't they don't listen to what these talking heads say." You heard last night these guys had receipts on on everything. Right. Ste- Steph was making gestures <laughs> about some people putting up a zero for how many uh championships Steph was going to win in the next 4 years. He he was he remembered that. Clay was remembering a tweet from Jaron Jackson Jr. in the middle of the year. Draymond remembered everyone, obviously. But it's like you know, these are the, the most competitive people in the world for a reason. Yeah. Like they, they kept the receipts. And I mean, one of the, one of the reasons are obviously I've never won an NBA championship, so I really can't say shit, but like, I feel like one of the reasons why it is so great to win at that level is because nobody can tell you shit. That's like right. you, you are literally the top of the mountaintop. That's right. That's right. You know, it's funny because a lot of times when you hear pro athletes being interviewed, uh, they'll say, oh, I don't read the newspapers. I don't I don't read Twitter. I don't you know, I don't read the sports page. I don't listen to the critics. They 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 and maybe many of them don't do any of that stuff. But it, it seems like the Warriors, like you said last night, they were referencing Twitter comments or, or tweets, um, stories in the newspaper, interviews. Uh, that where people were counting them out. They they certainly there are some words that were definitely listening, reading, paying attention to what the the pundits were saying about the Warriors' prospects of winning a championship this year. Yeah, and uh, no, it's definitely I kind of I want to make a unique parallel, a little bit of a of a pivot here, and I want to give a little bit of context to our listeners. You know, this is not just a Warriors episode, but this is an episode where we are kind of updating our listeners on what's been going on in both of our lives in the last month you know there's reasons why we haven't been putting out our weekly episode um because i've been walking around the streets of oakland yeah you've been walking around because the warriors have been doing well thank you to the golden state warriors for improving my dad's health that's right and forcing him to go on lengthy walks in this long postseason well and that's a good point it is a long postseason the postseason started in april i think april or may 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 yeah uh, it, it it lasts like two months so for the last two months i've been a nervous wreck yeah so here, here's my pivot though so we're, we're we're updating the listeners on all of our lives so i'm pivoting away from the warriors Yo, Warriors, we're a dynasty, whether Bill Simmons, the pod father, says it or not. Love you, Bill, but Warriors are a dynasty. You can't deny it. Um, I, I do want to mention that I did get to go to one of the Warrior playoff games. You did. A friend of mine, Kevin Morrison. Shout out, Kevin. Shout out, uh, Kev. Client, friend. Uh, he's got season tickets, and uh, he took me to uh, 
uh, one of the Denver, no, actually, um, excuse me, one of the Memphis games. Yeah, so you're part of history. Part of history. But here, finally to my pivot, we are no no longer going to be talking about, well, maybe it'll come up a little bit, but so much the, the Golden State Warriors dynasty, but now pivoting a little bit to our lives. I had uh, therapy this morning with our roots therapist, mental performance coach on staff. Uh, I had therapy this morning and we were talking a little bit about uh, my injury and kind of what's been going on mentally there. And, you know, this is a a topic that's been discussed just throughout uh, the last few weeks was intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. And I think relating this back to the, the Warriors dynasty, a lot of these guys, you think, Oh, they have millions of dollars. They, they don't need any more um, extrinsic motivation. Like right. they've, they've done it all. They've, they've, yeah. their legacy is set. They have and all the accolades. Can, you, yeah. Or, you could definitely argue that. Right. And you could argue they needed a little bit of that extrinsic, like the people, the naysayers proving the naysayers wrong to kind of respark the intrinsic of like, Oh, I know who I am. I need to prove to, I, I just want to prove to myself, like I am this person, you know, like Steph, I'm a finals MVP, whether or not I was awarded the trophy or not. Like everybody knew his, his legacy was, was what it was, but like the naysayers kind of saying that sparked this different motivation. You saw the way he responded like to the crowd. And I mean, he he was crying with a couple seconds left, like visibly emotional. And it kind of brings me back to my injury um, and kind of, being out for this, this lengthy time that it's, it's now been, you know, like different motivations for, for getting back. And I was talking about this morning, how, you know, we go to a lot of roots games together, right? You're a great fan of the team and I'm there for work also to support my guys. But, you know, we see a lot of people walking around the stadium, whether they're people I've known since I'm a kid or just fans of the roots. And, uh, you know, they'll, asked me, you know, when are you, when are you coming back? What's your timeline? Yep. And, you know, I came from a club where we were the second team Timbers too. And so the first team was the main priority. They got all the notoriety in the city and you kind of tended to minimize who you were because of the, the stature of the big organization. Right. And now that I play for the roots, the roots are the first team. That's They're right. the focal point, um, you know, team in the city. Now that you know, a lot of these teams have left. And so, you know, some people might recognize me and remember me from playing last year and a bit's preseason. And I, I sometimes don't even think that people register that. And so that the fact that I hear other people be like, Oh, when are you going to be out there? Like internally, I'm obviously very motivated. Like, you know, me, I'm a competitor. Right. It, it fucking kills me, um, you know, not being out there, but then just hearing someone else be like, Oh, like really, excited to see you back out there that's like it it kind of and i'm obviously not comparing myself to a warrior but just hearing that there's some like outside you know kind of sparks a little bit of that inside of like oh i i know i want to get back to proving like who the fuck i am right you know right no pe- people I, I actually when we go to games together and uh, due to your injury, we've been to three or four games together over the last month. Yeah, unfortunately, fortunately for you, we've gotten to spend a lot. Yeah, it's it's yeah. fun. I enjoy the time, Dad. It is. I really do like watching games with you, but obviously, I'd rather be on the field. But we've been to quite a few. It's been a lot. 
And trust me, I'd much rather be watching you play than watching with you see others play. But <clears throat> I'm, um, <clears throat> I'm amazed at how many people will come up to you during the course of a game and we'll walk around a little bit uh, pregame. Uh, how many people in halftime will come up to you and say, hey, when are you getting back on the field? Uh, how's your injury? And I'll ask you, you know, who was that guy? And you say, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, trust me, I'm a bit amazed as well. Cause I'm not used to that. That's, you know, but that's, that also just goes to show you the Oakland fan base, like shout out to the Oakland roots fans. Yeah. There's, there's some real ones out there. Definitely like more than just fans. Like these people are supporters of what you do on and off the field in the community. So just, yeah, quick shout out to all the Oakland roots fans out there, especially all the ones that listen to the show. We got people also, one of the reasons why we're recording this episode is because in the process of people asking like, Oh, what's the timeline? Some people say, Hey, love the podcast. Yeah. And even though they didn't say love the podcast, when's the next episode? Just the fact that they've listened, it's like, oh, like I, I need to keep making this stuff. I want to keep making this stuff because, uh, you know, it's therapeutic for us to make it as well. But it's like, you know, knowing that we have people that listen, that is, you know, means a lot to hear that. Right. You know, right. You know, what um, what I suspect is frustrating about your particular injury is that you're, you're motivated, you're dying to get out yeah. on the, back on the field, right? And uh, start playing the game. But I think you have the kind of injury where there's only so much you can do. It's not a matter of, okay, you know, you need to go out and, and rehab it and, and hit, hit, the lock, hit the weight room and do all these exercises to redevelop those muscles. Yeah. It's, a, it's a patience game, isn't it? Yeah, I was just going to say, a lot of it is patience. Um, and... You know, I've definitely had my, my ups and downs with my patience levels throughout this. Um, and I think, you know, I don't mean to be harping on this, this morning therapy session I had, but I do think it opened my eyes to a lot of things and is just always a good exercise in recentering my kind of perspective. Um, but just talking about, uh, you know, recovery being nonlinear and another word that was used was the impermanence of it. So it's like, you know, for example, recently I got uh, some steroid injections mm -hmm. and a couple of days later, I'm feeling like on top of the moon, I'm feeling invincible, you right. know, cause these things are at there. They were just put in, you know, put me in coach. I'm ready to play. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, oh my God, I, you know, I'm on top of the moon. And then, you know, two days later, some of the effects wear off a little bit and right. I'm kind of back to reality and, you know, mentally it's like. I go into, you know, a bit of a, a negative space of like, oh, here I am again, you yeah, know, yeah. when it's like, you know, you might take two steps forward, one step back or three steps forward, two steps back or one step forward, two steps back. And it's, it's just, it's nonlinear. And, um, you know, we talked about eventually, like I, I will be good eventually. No state that I'm in is permanent, you know, so just always reminding yourself that is really important. And then also, um, it's cool that I have, you know, throughout being injured, I get to, you know, I go to physical therapy. I meet with doctors constantly. Uh, I meet with our therapists regularly, whether I'm injured or not, but, you know, I, I am very open and candid about talking about, uh, my experiences throughout this, not only because it's beneficial to myself, but I think it's beneficial just to be open and transparent with your communication about how you're feeling. Um, like they'll always ask me, how are you, how are you feeling? First thing they say, 
whether it's either physical therapy or a lot of times in, in regular therapy. And I'll say mentally or physically, because I think something that I'm about to talk about, those two are very much intertwined. Right. I went to physical therapy, just mentioned yesterday, and I was a bit frustrated given some of my recent feelings. And, uh, you know, we talked about the psychology of pain and how, um, you know, the way your brain thinks can actually help or influence recovery. So, what, what, yeah. And so dive into that a little bit. Well, I mean, I'm no, I'm no cognitive scientist or brain scientist here. Um, but you know, <laughs> don't quote me on this, but like, I'm pretty sure there's, there is studies on this where, uh, like positive thinking and mm -hmm. actually there's actually studies about, uh, imagery like yep. using imagery to to heal repaired muscles or things like that actually can influence real recovery and so we just talked about kind of my awareness of that and you know potentially the impact that my brain can have on the actual physical recovery that i'm having and so you know now being more aware of that i'm working on um, this imagery plan with with our uh, sports performance coach about you know, how I will be repairing this injury mentally, which may in turn have an effect physically okay. as well. Okay. So I think that's just kind of an, an interesting dynamic. And, and I think that also just like relates to life of like, you know, there's different thoughts about being optimistic versus pessimistic. Would you rather be optimistic and wrong or pessimistic and right? You yeah, know, right, so and, right. I, and I think, um, you know, there's something to be said about the power of optimism and positivity, not just in morale, but, you know, it could actually have, you know, bigger consequences. That's healing powers. Yeah. And that's, and I think that goes both ways, positive and negative. Is there, a, and maybe this is too simplistic, but is there a piece of advice or wisdom or something you learn, let's say today in, in talking to your, your mental fitness coach about, um, that you'd like to impart on our listening audience about uh what subject specifically on on just recovering from an injury yeah i mean i think uh just one i tidbit. can well see that's the thing i was just going to say i don't know if i can put it into one tidbit but i could put it into a few kind of i could put it into a sentence okay. i mean i think it is just so important to understand that it is it is a non-linear process where there will be good days and there will be bad days. And if you remain consistent with your, you know, work ethic and discipline and doing the right things and thinking the right way, things will eventually get right, you know? And that's not to say if you do everything right, you will beat the doctor's timeline by X amount right. or, you know, right. guarantee this or that. But it's like, you know, and this is, I think, true with a lot of things is if you continue to do the right things over and over again, eventually you will get to where you need to go. And sometimes that's quicker than you thought. Sometimes it's slower. Sometimes, you know, it's right on time. God's plan. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just, you know, there yeah. will, there will just an understanding that there will be good days. There will be bad days. Nothing is permanent. And if you continue to do the right things, things will get to where they need to go. Patience and perseverance. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's so important that I, this is something I wanted to bring up 
about kind of the new media shout out to the new media uh draymond with uh just kind of the emergence of all these athletes now in the media space and taking control of narratives uh i was listening to jj reddick's podcast big fan of jj reddick and his pod just well, I'll, let me just give a quick shout out to some of these some of these people that are influencing and inspiring us here at Marathon Minute. But Andre Iguodala and Evan Turner with Point Forward, yep. really good podcast. Draymond Green Show. I actually only listened to my first episode today. It was the post-championship one, but that was amazing. Just like listening to Clay get interviewed by Draymond yep. and hearing his responses versus we watch Clay at the podium. And I mean, actually, he was pretty damn candid at the podium, but like he was more candid with Draymond. And you get a more truthful narrative and story when you hear Clay talking to Draymond versus Clay talking to a writer, you right. know? So I think that's an interesting thing to note when listening to these podcasts. So I listened to that, the Draymond show today, shout out that. I listened to Andre Guadalla's Point Forward today, listened to JJ Reddick's yesterday with Grant Hill. And that was the episode I wanted to talk about a little bit, but, you know, shout out to all these athletes in the media space and just creating a space where, you have control over the narrative, you know, and not like, and I think obviously we're in a different situation. I'm not an MBA. My micro, the microscope on me is, is much different, but I think just, just creating the space for it, you know, and a rising, a rising tide. What is it? A rising tide lifts, uh, all, lifts ships. all ships. And so to be, you know, an athlete in this space, trying to make my own mark on it, it is cool to have those kind of influences and inspirations that prove kind of the viability of it, you know, you think, uh, you think athletes and yeah, the, the podcast, uh, universe, uh, has really expanded in terms of, uh, athletes, mostly former, I think Draymond is, is very, and, and I guess, uh, Andre. Yeah. There's a few, few current now it's, yeah, that's the thing. That's also a good thing to know is there's a difference between former athletes getting into the media space. And now it's much more common for active athletes, you know, right. Draymond Green and Andre Godala were not just putting out a podcast just with a guest that week. They were putting out a podcast the next morning or that night talking about the game, yeah. like from their perspective. Right. So, you know, that's just a really unique kind of shift in the landscape, which is pretty cool. And I'm hoping to do something similar in the soccer space and not just in the soccer space, but the spaces that I operated in, which is, you know, soccer, creative, entrepreneur entrepreneurial fashion all that kind of stuff be a bit of a kind of a bridge between those and provide a unique perspective but even the reason <laughs> that was quite a rant but the reason why i even brought up the new media was one because i've been consuming a lot of it and i think it's just a cool transition but also uh listening to jj reddick's podcast with grant hill you know grant hill was dubbed the next michael jordan yep. prior to a really bad ankle injury and he talked about, um, which I think like, he never recovered from. Oh, I mean, he never fully recovered and he still had a hall of fame career, which is crazy. But like he talked about, they almost amputated his, his foot. Like it got so bad. He was out for, for so long. And I mean, I'm sure clay probably had similar thoughts where it's like your, your mentality or your mindset of like needing to get back to the game changes because like throughout that time also, he said like, his wife was was diagnosed with some with uh, MS or something, um, something serious. And it's like it just puts everything in perspective, like getting to play a, a sport for a living is like, yes, a great, great blessing and opportunity. But it's like 
when your health is put at risk and you understand that like just to be alive is something like he was saying his aspirations didn't go from oh I'm going to be the next Michael Jordan. It was like, Oh, I just want to get back on the court, you know? So it's such a, it's just interesting to hear kind of how people's perspectives shift throughout, you know, these types of, these types of situations. And I I imagine an athlete who has a serious injury, professional athlete. um, I, I suspect that they go through it kind of what you were talking about, Max, the kind of progression of, Hey, I want to get back on the court, on the field, as soon as possible. And then the next progression is, okay, I'm willing to be patient, but I, you know, I'm, I want to get back full strength. I want to be the athlete I was before the injury. And then the next progression is I just want to get back out there. Yeah. And I'm, I, you know, I can live with being 90, 80%. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very interesting dynamic and I'm not putting myself into that category. I didn't almost get my leg amputated. Um, but it's just interesting to hear uh, these players' perspectives who are, you know, playing at the highest level, playing under the biggest microscope, and, you know, just hearing and being in, not being inspired, but just learning about the, their experiences and up, trying to apply certain methods where I think could be valuable in my own experience. Yeah, do, you, do you think um, athletes are more apt to be candid and open when they're being uh, interviewed? on a podcast by a colleague. Oh, a hundred percent. I think it's, I think it's without a question. And I think, I think that's something that is just part of the industry of, of media and journalism. And by no means did I ever study media or journalism, but I definitely have consumed a lot and enough to, I feel like have this perspective, but part of being a good journalist or interviewer is getting your guests to feel comfortable and getting your guests to feel confident and open to discuss certain experiences or stories. And not to, not to say you're trying to pry something out of someone unauthentically, right. But it's more of more. So the opposite is they feel so comfortable with you that this is going to be a real and authentic ass conversation and not just, you know, yeah, we really hustled hard and great team effort the ball bounced our way and yeah, we're champions. Like, you know, that's, I think that's something that is unique to now athletes stepping into the space is you have that unique relationship already with people and the shared experience, which is really big. And I've talked about this with some people I've had on the podcast and just some people, this is actually interesting. I ran into Ivan Rabb. Yep. Bishop O'Dowd player played in the NBA for a bit. Yep. And I ran into him at a soccer game here in Oakland. And, you know, we were just talking about experiences playing professionally and we hope to have Ivan on the podcast at some point. Um, but he I just, remember watching him play in the yeah. high school and college. Yeah. Cal. Yeah. He's got a hell of a story. Yeah. And um, he's doing some amazing things in the community right now. He's holding a clinic this weekend. I think by the time this is out, it may have passed, but he's doing some really amazing things in the Oakland and East Bay community. Um, but we were just talking and talking about our experiences as pros. And I told him like, Oh, like I didn't play in the NBA. I don't under, I don't understand that microscope, but like, I understand some of these experiences that you're talking about. And he's like, yeah, you know, because you've been through it, obviously at a different level, but there are certain shared experiences between all athletes, all professional athletes where oh, absolutely that gives us, you know, the ability to have a conversation on a certain level that, you know, 
I'm sorry, dad. I don't know if you would have been able to have that. No, you know, type I, of <laughs> no, I, I totally, I couldn't agree more. I think there are certain shared experiences that are unique to certain professions. I think yeah. um, an athlete has certain experience that no other member of the public has a trial lawyer. Yeah, might have uh, exactly. A actor or actress. There are certain things that you have to be an insider to have a, a kind of a, a, a deep perspective on not so much the external, but the internal really. Yeah. What, what goes through the, yeah, mind. a lot of the, yeah, the mental, mental side of it. Um, but yeah, I think that definitely plays a role in, you know, why these interviews are different or these conversations are different. And that's something that, you know, we hope to hope to do here. I think we do a really good job of it is connecting with our guests, not just through the, through the lens of we're here to do an interview, we more approach it from the perspective of we're here to have a conversation and get to learn about our right. guests, get to learn about their story, highlight aspects of them and their story that we know and we think are really interesting and inspiring or want people to know. Um, well, let's, can we talk about the roots? Yeah, definitely. Um, we should. Because uh, we're now, what do you think? Are we midway? I think we're actually officially halfway through the season. Yeah, I guess it's not we, it's you. I'm not yeah, but you're, you're an honorary part of the family. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so the roots are about at the midpoint. You play 34-game season. I believe so. Yeah. And so um, give us give us the uh, update on the roots. What what Where are they on the table? Yeah, I mean, a lot has happened in the last month. Um, I think when we last, besides the Raheem episode, we didn't touch much about the roots on the intro because we we're going to save that for here. But prior to that, we were kind of, you know, getting some ties, getting some results, playing really well, but not necessarily getting results. And then within the last month, a lot of those good performances have led to good results. I think there's a period we were unbeaten in five, one, one, three of those tied to um, recently, um, you know, disappointing result against New Mexico. Anytime we're at home, we expect three points, just given the talent and team that we have. So that was disappointing. Um, and then coming off another tie, but I think overall the trajectory we're on is, is still going in the right direction. I think we proved that, you know, we're not just good performances that our good performances can lead to good results. I think we proved that over the last month and now it's about sustaining that. But also I think we showed a lot of our character in the last month, you know, how many, <laughs> and I know it, uh -huh. it, it was stressful at times, but you know, going down multiple times and battling back for a few ties, but battling back for also a few wins too. It just, you know, it showed the, the fight and the character and the heart of this group um, combined with the talent is a, is a really scary thing. Um, and I think, you know, just a special moment to highlight uh, going back to that Orange County game, a really tough week for the team um memo found out that his father passed away and you know sending all of our love to memo and his family um during this time but you know that hit the whole team and that was a really tough emotional week for the team and uh we played that game thinking about memo and we go down two one you think oh this is you know brutal and we score a tying goal in the what was it the 88th minute and then literally last kick of the game, Otar hits a, a magical free kick. And it just felt like it was, it, it was out of a movie. It was, it was divine. 
Um, yep. It just showed like, I don't know, there, there was something, something bigger than us happening. That was, that was for Memo and his, and his family and his father. But that was a really special moment for the team that just showed, I think, of who we are as a group and what we're capable of when, you know, we really, when we really want to be great. Yeah, no, the last two months and the Roots, I think, have only lost one game in the last two months. Uh, you've tied a bunch and you've won a bunch, but every game seems to have sort of the same kind of, um, I don't know what you would call it, uh, sort of progression. Uh, the Roots will play well. They'll miss some opportunities to score a goal and get ahead. They'll get behind. The clock is ticking out, ticking. It's ticking. And soccer, you know, there's a clock. The game ends at when the clock strikes 90 minutes or 90 minutes plus stoppage time. And invariably, over the last two months, the Roots will score either the tying goal or the winning goal in the waning moments of the game as the clock. I mean, I think that's happened. Yeah. I think you've scored most of your goals in the last five minutes of the game. There's definitely a stat I saw we – are leading the league by far in the most goals in the last 10 minutes or in stoppage time. Um, I think they dubbed us like the cardiac roots, you know, definitely. I don't know if that's a great nickname to have that we're, 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 you know, getting to this moment, you know, obviously it would be great for us to not have to claw back and have these dramatic late game finishes. Um, and I think that's something obviously that, you know, we'll look to, to not have be such a common theme, but I think, you know, just thinking about the positives of the of the last month, month and a half is we really have shown not just the quality, but the character and the fight of this team. Um, so, you know, can we combine all of that for the second half of the season? You know, we will see. And I'm confident that we will we will do a great job of that. And, you know, like I said, we've continued to move in the right direction. And, you know, I think when we put it all together, like, like I said, we're, we're a scary team to play against and yeah. teams will, teams will understand that now the second half of the season. And on a personal note, I am itching to get back involved and, you know, have my, have my influence on yeah. that. Yeah. Patience and perseverance. Yeah. No, I heard, uh, I heard uh, two people in the stands the other night. Uh, uh, one said, Oh boy, we're down to nothing. Uh, and the other one said, no problem. There's three minutes left in the game. Yeah. And they, we'll, we'll come back and win three, two. <laughs> I mean, that. that's, that's sort of the root season uh, in a microcosm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, Hey, you're giving the fans their money's worth. I mean, I'm, I'm walking out of the stadium after these come from behind wins or come from behind ties. And I'm listening to the fans as they walk to the cars, to the parking lot. And they're all, I mean, yeah, people there is enthusiasm time. there. It's, Hey, if, if you have to tie a game, you might as well tie it in an exciting fashion, right? You're, you're, you're not giving up late goals. You're scoring late goals. Yeah. yeah. You're leaving the fans pretty happy and excited. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just want to touch on one last thing before I got to run. Don't pull a muscle while you're running. I don't mean literally run, hmm. okay. <laughs> but uh, it's a, uh, you got classic dad jokes recently. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it actually has to do with, this lovely t-shirt that I'm wearing. It is our neighborhood sports club t-shirt. If you follow me on social media or uh, have seen me at any of these games, I've been wearing this t-shirt a lot. Don't worry. I've been washing it uh, or switching out the colors, you know, just to remain 
remain fresh. Uh, but it is a project that I feel like I can kind of officially start talking about publicly. Obviously, more details will be coming out as time goes on. But this is a project that's been in the works a long time. It is uh, it's called Neighborhood Sports Club, founded by myself, my best friend and uh, business partners, Dylan Autran and Jordan DeSalva. But this is a indoor soccer facility with the cafe bar, retail space, small gym space, community facing, purpose driven uh, company that is coming to Oakland. You know, this is something we're really excited about. We think can have a major impact on not just the soccer community, but the Oakland community at large, be a really positive presence. And we're really excited about it. We've had one pop-up event uh, in Alameda that was uh, a few weeks ago, and we just secured our location for our second pop-up event, which will be in, uh, I guess I could say the date. Um, it'll be July 17th. Uh, stay tuned for more details about that. But yeah, Neighborhood Sports Club is a major project that I'm undertaking right now. Um, it's not taking anything away from my soccer. We've talked enough about how I can be more than an athlete, um, but it is something that is very much amazing an amazing project that i'm really passionate about and you know excited to bring so many aspects of what i do and what i'm about and people within the community together for something we feel will be truly special and great yeah can i highlight a few things about your project i would love to yeah okay. or i would well, love you to do it. well I'll, I'll bring you my perspective um i coached soccer in oakland east bay for 16 years and I was also on the board and actually president of the soccer club for a long time, the soccer club that Max and Dylan played in and uh, called Bay Oaks. And throughout those 16 years, there was you know, one common, uh, common thing that ran through every season, which was we had a desperate shortage of field space um, yep. in, in Oakland. If there's empty space, they don't put a soccer pitch in or a baseball field. They, build a condominium or housing. Um, and so we were always desperately short for practice fields, for playing fields. In fact, you know, we would have three, four, five teams share one soccer field um, to train on and yeah. get your little patch of grass. And it was, it was not optimum. In fact, yeah. it was very suboptimum. There's a real shortage of fields. So uh, what you're going to create is more, more playing fields. Yeah. It, Which is really needed. Yeah. There's a shortage of field. There's no question. Um, you know, that's one problem we are solving. Um, but also it's just creating a place for this community to gather and embrace and enjoy the culture that surrounds uh, the beautiful game. And so whether that be coming into play, come, coming in to watch a game on TV, coming in to enjoy a latte, coming in to play in a men's league. Dad, you could play in a league. Um, if you're a competitive youth player, you can come in and get training. Really just catering to the entire uh, community. Um, you By know, the way, the last time I played in the league, <laughs> yeah, we don't uh, need co-ed indoor soccer league. I tore my Achilles, but yeah, that's another story. We don't, it's exciting to go into a, to a neighborhood to create a new business and a place for people to gather and have fun. And yeah, I think, I think, you know, we've always known that the soccer culture in the East Bay Bay area at large is, is ever present. You know, you go to any of these youth tournaments, any of these major international games, uh, they're packed. You know, the Bay area has always had a soccer culture. 
um, and Oakland specifically, it's always had a soccer culture, but you know, the emergence of the roots really has shown that this community loves to come together and enjoy this culture. And, you know, from us going to these games, we see that this is really one of the only times where this community can come together and gather and enjoy uh, the beautiful game and the culture surrounding it. And we want to create the hub for soccer culture and just Oakland culture. Cause this, this is for Oakland by Oakland, right. you know, Oakland natives doing something in Oakland and just creating a place for people to gather and, and embrace and enjoy this culture. Hence so the name neighborhood sports club, yeah. Neighborhood sports club for the Oakland neighborhood to, get together so stay tuned about that i just wanted to you know give a quick update on that now that you know we feel that we're in a, in a position as a business where we can start to have public facing events and and begin to to grow this community so that when we are open uh you know people are well aware of who we are and what we are about so stay tuned about details on that details on the pop-up this was a fun this is a fun kind of like therapy session. Your t-shirts you know? are fire. That's we got, a, we got great t-shirts. Follow t-shirt. us on social neighborhood sports club on Instagram. Stay tuned for pop-up details, merchandise releases. We just restocked these, these cool shirts that They're I'm wearing right cool. now. Um, so take a look at those. Um, are there investment opportunities? Yeah. If, if you're listening to this and interested in investing, we are currently fundraising. Um, if you are serious, you know, hit my dms or email me at is it weird putting your email out i don't there? think so max gmail.com hopefully i don't get any weird emails but if you're serious about you know just getting involved in the project in any way let me know and yeah this was a fun exercise for us dad just yeah. you know yeah. chopping it up and giving the people a bit of an update hopefully you know now that some things have settled down a little bit still crazy times but we are working to get interviews done um streamlining our editing process our promotion process a bit so i can focus a bit more just on the you know actual conversations and yeah continue to grow this because we feel that this is very valuable and this is a fun project for us that we're passionate about so we're getting we're getting tremendous amount of well, maybe tremendous is exaggeration, <laughs> hyperbolic, but we are getting a lot of very positive feedback. I, I love when I meet someone and they say, oh, yeah, I saw you on YouTube podcast or I listened to the pod at Marathon yeah. Minute. It's, we're getting a lot of positive feedback, which we appreciate. Yeah, we appreciate all the feedback. It's very flattering. Um, you know, all the support goes a long way. So please, you know, if you could continue to. If you have a chance to give five stars, throw us five stars, hit a subscribe. You know, if you are helping your grandma use her phone, you know, subscribe on your grandma's phone to Marathon Minute. You know, she won't know. Plus, we, help us out. we have a lot of episodes that would be very grandma centric. <laughs> yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Hey, your grandma listens. My grandma listens. So, so could yours. Uh, but yeah, all the support means a lot. And stay tuned. We got more coming. You know what I think I'm going to do right now? Oh, gosh. Uh, I think I'm going to have a bowl of Cafe Fanny. And then, yes, brought to you by I'm Cafe watch Fanny. The last quarter of the word. That game. sounds like a dream. And I sure hope they won. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, I guess I guess they won. But four-time <laughs> champions. Let's well in the last eight years. Eight years. Yeah, let's go. I'll take that. Let's go. Yeah, I'll take that. Yep. All right, we'll check in with you. Marathon soon. Minute loves the Warriors, loves the Roots, loves the Neighborhood Sports Club. All right, peace, peace.